Hey, on today's episode of Rogue Creators, we have Ava Ellis with us today. Why are, we, why are you here, Ava? I'm so excited to be here. Uh, we're talking about Gen Z and how they are changing the marketing game with your resident Gen Z here. <laughs> Hair flip and all. <laughs> so if you're a brand, this is very important for you to watch. So make sure you uh, jump in right now. Three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome back to Rogue Creators, presented by Go Rogue X. My name is Brian Fitton. And I'm Lauren Lewis. And this is the podcast dedicated to marketers and creators who are wanting to serve first and stand out from the crowd. Make sure that you subscribe every single week, YouTube, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, to get all of the tools and resources you need to be the go-to name in your industry. Let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Rogue Creators. This is a special episode, Lauren, right? It is very special. It's super special. We have Ava Ellis with us. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Yes. So Ava usually sits like 10 feet away over here. Yep. But now you're in the studio and you have your own podcast, too. I Tell do. us about your podcast real quick. Um, I have a podcast called Doula Unfiltered because I am a birth doula and childbirth educator. I host it with another local doula. Yeah. Um, and we actually started it as a resource that we didn't have when we became doulas um, with lots of info for new doulas, stuff like how to write contracts that nobody ever tells you. Um, True. And it's been super exciting because nice. we've gotten so much good feedback already. Uh, we haven't really promoted it a lot and we're getting tons of downloads, which is crazy. That's like fantastic. Best case scenario. Absolutely. With the podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Well. We're going to learn more about Ava and yes. why she's on the podcast. Why is she on the podcast today? We're going to be talking about how content marketing is going to be shaped by Gen Z. Are you Gen yeah. Z? I am. All right. Well, good. I'm glad you're here. Because we're going to talk about that. And just a little info. <laughs> Ava just isn't just a random doula we grabbed off the street. Oh <laughs> Ava uh, is my assistant and she's also our content coordinator for our podcast. She does awesome stuff to help make our podcast the best it can be. So a lot of the content that we talk about, the prep that we're doing, um, you actually being able to see information about our podcast is all because of Ava. It's true. Aww. She makes it happen. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are going to jump into that topic here in just a second. But before we do, we like to start off with something fun. And what is that? We like to start <laughs> off every episode with what are you obsessed with this week? So starting with our special guest, Ava, what are you obsessed with this week? Okay. <laughs> I told Brian, I was like, you're not going to be oh, ready for no, this. Oh, no, I forgot about this. I am obsessed with something called the June Cup. <laughs> what is the June Cup? It's, it's for periods. Awesome. It is. <laughs> now we got a doula on the podcast. We're mixing it up today. So I really was thinking about what I'm obsessed with. And it's this menstrual cup brand that is amazing, but they're great because as when the pandemic hit last year, they decided that they really wanted to make a push to make period products accessible. Mm -hmm. So they normally sell for $29 and they're selling them at cost and they have been for a year now. Wow. That's awesome. It is. It's awesome hmm. um, because it's something that you don't have to replace for a really long time. So it's great for the environment as well as it makes just period care more accessible, especially like for lower income families because mm -hmm. maybe spending $6 or if not more a yeah. month and then to not have to spend that money is just, it's huge. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I think that's really cool. And they also partner with other organizations. So percentage of their profit from other things that they sell go to educating women in lower income areas in different countries. It's just really cool what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and to sell something at 
cost is a big jump, especially if you're cutting it from 30 to $6. Like it's a big profit loss. But yeah, absolutely. I think it's really cool. We have talked about this before. I'm I am aware of this product. I mean, I do, I have converted a lot of my friends because of this, because now it's like, it's $6. You would spend that every month anyway. You might as well spend it and see if it works for you. Yeah. That's awesome. That was, that was a good one. That was a really good one. You better follow up with something good too, Lauren. What are you obsessed with? (laughs) (laughs) You're threatening. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Hope your obsession is good. (laughs) Um, okay. So mine's not by the way. So (laughs) go ahead. Awesome. <laughs> We're off to a great start Stay here. Stay in your space. <laughs> um, okay. So mine is actually a local business that actually Ava and I both really love. It's called Beautiful Lives. Um, so this is a nonprofit organization. They um basically take clothing donations and then they resell them. Um, and all their profits go to help uh women that are kind of coming out of hard situations. And so they do support a ton of different organizations. Um, this could be uh women artists in Africa. This could be women that are coming out of prison and trying to transfer back into a normal life. Um, It's really, really cool. But the store itself is doing amazing things as well. I'm just making a like, I guess, fashionable clothes, kind of affordable to a lot of women. Um, And they just do a great job of making it kind of feel like a high-end store, but it's resale clothes. Um, They're also really stepping up their game with social selling. Yeah. Um, So they do live drops um, for their locations every day. And so they'll give you previews of what's coming up and that they'll, hey, we're doing a live drop at six o'clock. Don't miss out. Um, And you can easily um, shop online or have things shipped to you or just pick it up at the store. Um, They've just made it really easy to shop there. And I've gotten a ton of clothes um, that are like designer clothes for like five bucks, which is awesome. And so I really love this store. It's really great. And I love that when I do, um, I can, I've donated a ton of stuff there. Um, I bought a lot of stuff there and I love that it's going to a great cause. Yeah, absolutely. They're right down the street. They are. They're yeah. almost walking distance from our office. Yeah, almost. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> we'll do a shout out to them because they are doing some awesome things. Yeah, so. Yes. All right. Uh, my obsession this week. All right, here we go. Uh, so obviously I have, you know, three preschooler kids, kindergarten, I guess one starting first grade this year, man, you know, mm-hmm. anyway, they love Bluey. Bluey's oh, a TV show that I think is super cute. It is, it is one of it those. It's like, cute. it is. Thank you. It's Ava. not an annoying. It's not. Show. No. And so it's basically an Australian show, but they have, uh, it's the dog family. Mm-hmm. And so, um, they do a great job. Like the dad is a stay at home mm-hmm. dad. And so he has this he just plays with the kids. And then as weird as it is, it it's kind of like as a dad myself, it's like, oh, these are kind of th- some things that I should be doing with my kids. Like they're around the same age. And so um, it's really it's really cute. But it's also like they do a great job of like interacting with the family and they it's kind of up to date. So they enter like they talk about like tablet time and mm-hmm. phones and parents being on their phones too much or whatever that looks like and how we need to, you know, how the kids view us as well. Like it's it's really uh, it's really cool. Kids love it. It's super cute. And Disney Plus, I think, is what it, and they have great accents. And now, good grief, Jane, our littlest one, she's uh, about to be five, mm-hmm. but she uh, she's like, "Daddy, I'm going downstairs." <laughs> like she has this accent now, and she's like, "I was over there the other day," and I was like, "Jane, it's uh, hilarious." Yeah, <laughs> so, I can 100 see that happening. Yeah, I feel like oh. I can hear Jane in my ear right now. Yeah, yep. Daddy. So anyway, it's super cute, and uh, yeah, Disney Plus. That's awesome. Are you gonna spend an entire day? keeping up a balloon? No, no, I will say this. I mean, my kids do have some now some unrealistic expectations. Um, and also when I have to leave for work, they're like, you know, watch it again, which is super 
super sweet. But yeah, again, I'm like, I'm not going to stay frozen either. They're like, you're frozen. And you like freeze for like five minutes and they put makeup all over him and they do. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can't do that kid. Sorry, (laughs) but it is super cute anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a hard, hard transition. Yeah. To why Ava is on our show today. Yeah, this is great. And I will tell you, so just to kind of tee up this conversation, I remember when, especially being in the corporate world, when we started going through kind of trainings of like millennials coming into the Mm -hmm. workforce. And I remember that being a big deal for the older generation of like, they're interacting differently. Like they, they are investing in, you know, products that they want to know are taking care of the environment or doing things, you know, um, efficiently, whatever it was, it's like all of a sudden our minds our mindset was shifting, mm-hmm. especially in the workforce. And so um, it was a big deal for marketing and for sales and all right. of that. And I remember some of the pushback and then me realizing like I'm a millennial. Mm-hmm. And so kind of coming into that workforce and like, I need to be able to, you know, teach and train and, and be able to employ millennials and how do we think about this? And everybody's obviously different, but mm-hmm. this is a great topic when it comes to um, sales and stuff. And now with Gen Z, Mm-hmm. And social media and digital marketing, right. that is, those are the next consumers that are coming up as well. So if you're a company, you need to be aware of how they are thinking and what, what their buying process looks mm-hmm. like and how they're interacting with each other online and through social media. So this is good. I'm excited about yeah, this. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I, I've heard a lot of like, maybe like older generations being like, oh, all young generations go through the same patterns and the same things. And there can be some of that. But I think when you're really looking at marketing um, and you're trying to kind of really know your audience um, or know like who you're hiring, you know, yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah. that might be, yeah. um, it's really important to understand there are things that will distinguish literally because of how technology has changed, that's going to be the one of the biggest ones that is going to be very different from other generations. And so to completely ignore that, you're missing a huge part of your audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's why we kind of want to dig into um, this. So we've looked at this and Ava did a great job of kind of prepping for this from an Oxford um, economics uh, article. That but, was done in conjunction with Snapchat. Nice. Which I think is hilarious. Interesting. But it's also probably a great way to get information from my yeah. generation. <laughs> Through Snapchat. Absolutely. So I'm going to read just a couple of these um, of just some key report findings that they had. So Gen Z will become a dominant force in the workplace with the numbers in work across six markets tripling to 87 million by 2030. They will become an engine of consumer spending with projections that will support 3.1 trillion of spending in these markets in 2030. Technology and COVID-19 are set to transform skills demands with the majority of jobs to require advanced digital skills. And a greater emphasis will put on skills such as flexibility, curiosity, creativity, critical thinking, and problem solving, which will play to the natural strengths of Gen Z. Um, so already you can see that there, if you're ignoring this, you shouldn't be because there's change that's coming. You can't ignore it. Um, and to understand um, also for these people coming up, the digital skills that they're also going to be bringing or should hopefully know. So. Yeah. Well, no. And just to hit on that, like they're starting coding classes a lot younger mm-hmm. and yeah. also with even, you know, empowering females in that space too, mm-hmm. like girls coding classes, which I really appreciate. I think yeah. that has actually been um, great. Literally, we were, I had a, had one of our clients looking for a web developer. It's like, Hey, do you know of anybody? And there was, is that funny thing? I'm like, I know of some people who are kind of starting this process, but that's going to be a huge demand yeah. coming up. So for real. Yeah. So Ava, tell us just a little bit about this, about just even Gen Z. So what, what Lauren went through, obviously the transition with, you know, Gen Z coming up as buyers, but also as 
in the workforce, what does that look like? What What is your opinion on that? Oh, As gosh. a Gen Zer, you know? Um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a really big transition, which I think every, like we said, every generation says that. I think, I mean, we talk about this in the office all the time. Um, I remember going to school in first and second grade and using tools like Google Classroom off the bat. So I never experienced, I'm that part of that first generation that's never experienced life without technology. Mm, Um, And so when like classes shifted online for COVID-19, that wasn't really a huge shift for a lot of my peers. Um, And I know Gen Z kind of extends to, I think the graduating class of 2021, maybe 2022. Um, But for a lot of those high schoolers, they were like, this is just, if we're sick, we zoom into class. This isn't new. This is just, we also don't get to see our friends. Mm, Um, And so I think a lot of what the big shift is going to be is seeing technology and working remotely spike a ton um, because we know that's all we really know is already being online all the time, which, you know, is great for some things and sucks for other things. Uh, But I think that'll be one of the really big shifts. I think motivation is going to shift a lot too. Um, I know I'm not really motivated by money. Um, I mean, obviously I am because I have to live. That's good to know. (laughs) uh... (laughs) Um, Things I shouldn't admit to my bosses. But but I'm a lot more driven by like purpose. And I think that you, that's a huge change um, that you'll see just because I'm very cause driven. And I feel like, okay, I can invest in this work if I can see how this is going to benefit, even if it's just my benefiting my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm much more willing and excited to do projects where I'm like, oh, I know that this is going to help Lauren in the long run. Yeah. Um, but then, it usually does. Yeah. So, <laughs> and sure. on like a larger scale, um, like I know that one of our company values um, is being able to like one day donate a lot of money to organizations that we mm-hmm. support. And it helps me a lot to be like, all right, I'm not just doing this for us to get clients or um, to up Instagram engagement. I'm doing this because we're going to give back to our community. And we do in ways of like mentioning and shouting out local organizations and businesses and shopping and eating local as a business, all of those things. I think that like purpose-driven mindset is going to be a big change. Yeah. I love that. I love that because as a brand, I mean, that was great, Ava. I think that's one of those things is if you're a brand, you need to pay attention to that because the way your social media marketing efforts are going, your even your core values as a company, like don't fake this. But obviously, if, if you have a product that appeals to Gen Z, you need to make sure that you are doing it with purpose, like showing, hey, we and we talked about it on a recent episode with, with Instagram about how to create content that really does show um, who you are and why you do what you do, why you exist. And those are great opportunities to talk about that purpose yeah. to help connect with a Gen Z audience. Yeah. Um, so we're going to look at like maybe like five features of Gen Z. Um, <laughs> we'll just say awesome. that <laughs> um, of things that are attracting them to companies or how they're going to be pushing brands to change the market. Um, and so we kind of hit on it at the, the one, the first ones, which was according to a study by like the National Retail Federation and IBM, 50 percent or 55% of Gen Z choose brands that are eco-friendly and social responsible. And so um, we've seen this a huge push. A lot of studies have come out in the last um, couple of years uh, for brands that you can no longer just assume that your 
customers are going to be buying products and not looking into the labels. Um, it's just 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot more information out there, a lot more brands being active, a lot more things to choose. And they're just being a lot more conscious about what they are choosing. And so, um, if you're not one of those things, they're not going to be picking your product. Yeah. Well, and going even a step further, just because the FDA approves it, just because Mm -hmm. there's like, that doesn't matter anymore. Mm -mm. Like just because that stamp of approval or even the organic, this organic, yeah, you know, yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't okay, matter it's organic, either. but is it ethically sourced? Yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's everything that's kind of feel like has been established in the past two decades or, you know, by millennials of like, oh, getting back to eating organic or investing in products um, that, you know, don't have preservatives or anything like that. And I feel like my generation is like, oh, bet let's take it a step further. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> yeah, that's a word that you need to know. All of us old people out there, right? Freaking bet. Come I, on now. I mean, I feel. I'm not making. I kind of feel old like using bet because that one's kind of outdated. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, really, I mean, looking at your brand of how you're using your services. I mean, even if you have a product, that's. The, but a service, it's also the same of how you're doing business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Ava mentioned like giving back and everything. That's going to be super important as well. Um, As well as the CEOs, like a lot of them have been kind of in a shadow and they're now having to come out. And how is your leadership style affecting the people that uh, they serve and how is it affecting those consumers? And so it's really, it's really going to be important and it's, it's important to the workforce that's coming up. Um, So the second one is seeking out meaningful interactions. Um, So tell us a little bit when you were researching this, what, what does that mean? Totally. I mean, part of it is just that authentic voice that I really look for with brands, um, as well as that kind of purpose-driven organizations. But I think a lot of that too is just, I think a great example is Domino's has a new ordering system if you order online. And so it's not just like you go in and you pick your pizza and your toppings and you pay. Now they have artificial intelligence on their website that asks you questions. And like the first question that it asks you is how much do you love pizza? And has like, (laughs) has like three phrases. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like the last one is like, I've never had pizza before. And then it like in parentheses is like WTF, like (laughs) just pushing it to the edge of like interaction and engagement. um, I think is awesome because I know I'm more, I feel so, stupid saying it, but I feel more inclined to order pizza from Domino's if I get to walk through that experience. I think that's super fun. Um, And I think that's something that I know if I said that to my parents, they'd be like, but I just want to call the store and order a pizza. Like, okay, but. And you can still do that. Yes, you totally can still do that. Um, Like, but how much more fun is it (laughs) to be able to answer those questions? (laughs) <laughs> to go through and answer very deep, meaningful pizza questions. Yes. Right. Uh, well, I'll say this. I mean, they hooked, I think, the millennial generation with the tracker, right? Mm, having yeah. the tracker on on the app or having an app. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can see my pizza's in the oven. Now it's now it's getting quality checked. Mm-hmm. Now it's out for delivery. Like that was a big deal to us because you just kind of back in the day, you're like, I don't know, is Pizza Hut, are they making it? They or where in? are they? I don't, you know. <laughs> are they second dropping? Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like getting to know their company, they saw a problem, they and they, you know, went after it to fix it. And, uh, but hitting in on another level too, of being able to say, like, hey, engage with us. And even yeah. having WT, 
F on their website. That's awesome. I mean, it's, well, it is what it is, but it is one of those things of like, they are pushing that. They are being a little yeah. more creative. Um, they will probably get some pushback from that, yeah. but they've obviously connected with another generation. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's just, I can't remember what the word Lauren used in the question was, but. What was the word? Seeking out meaningful interactions. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> meaningful. Woo. Anyway, um, I think part of that is making sure that like what's popping up on my feed in Instagram, I don't really care if you're just highlighting a product. Um, a brand I think does this really well is Aldi is they, they do highlight their products. Um, but I, I mean, I send Lauren stuff from all these stories mm-hmm. all the time and um, because they're not just being like, Hey, we have a new brand of spaghetti in. They are saying like, which kind of curly noodles do you prefer? And it has both of their products, yeah. um, but it gives you the opportunity to like click in a poll and click through um, and see kind of their products highlighted in a way that's interactive as and engaging, um, but just makes me more inclined to be like, oh, hey, this was really fun. I am going to go shop at Aldi over Walmart this week yeah, because um, I want to try the new curly noodles or whatever it is. What kind of curly noodle do you like? Or like Valentine's Day. They did a whole thing that was like, what kind of Valentine's persona are you? Dang, Aldi. Well, their their Instagram game is strong. It is really strong. Nice. Um, Which you wouldn't really expect from Aldi. Mm -mm. Um, But I think that's super important is, is engaging in those kind of different ways. That's not just, here's my product and I want you to buy it. Um, but saying like, here's why you should buy it or here's your options. Um, here's why you might pick this one over this one and being upfront about that. I, that's something that I love when brands do, um, up to like when I got a new car recently and that was something that Subaru highlighted. They were like, frankly, this, um, Forrester and the Outback are super similar. Here's what you're going to get with this one. And here's what you're going to miss out on. And here's what you're going to get with this one. And here's what you're going to miss out on. Um, and it helped me make my decision without me feeling like, oh, they're, they just want me to buy the more expensive car. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, I mean, that's a large scale well, example, but. No, but even that being able to kind of say, hey, here's a, a flaw in our product where it, mm-hmm. we have two different products yeah. that look the same. And everybody talks about that and everybody knows that and everybody gets them confused. Like, oh, but here are the actual differences and yeah. this is why you should buy one or the other. That's, yeah. I think that's great. I think you're seeing a lot more brands that are taking kind of that that idea and running with it. I, I love the brands that are now battling one another one other in humorous ways. Yes. I mean, think about the yeah. chicken sandwich battles that have yeah. been going on and they're acknowledging some of their faults. And yeah. it's really interesting yeah. that they would be willing to do that. But then it also caused people to not just go to one store, but both because they wanted to be a part of that experience and actually like, well, which chicken sandwich is better? Yeah. yeah. Um, and people still talk about that. Somebody mentioned that the other day, like, oh yeah, this you know, Popeye is still better than, than Chick-fil-A. And it's like, so weird that that yeah. campaign is still going on. It's, yeah. Uh, we also, if you're listening from a different location in the United States or the world, uh, <laughs> we're in the South where there's a chicken restaurant every corner. Yes. So which chicken is better is a legit conversation that goes on all the time. <laughs> I mean, legit, the chicken capital of the world, I think is yes. you know, down yeah. the street. So, um, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good. And, and I mean, talking about chicken, there's been all kinds of things that have come out about like the, how to, how they are treated. We're literally Mm -hmm. just talking about this. Yes. Um, just buy your eggs. 
Yeah, exactly. Are your chickens happy? Are you, do you have happy chickens? <laughs> it goes back to the Portlandia skit where it was like, oh, you know, yes. the restaurant. His, what is his the name, name of the chicken? <laughs> his name was Ben and he was a happy chicken. <laughs> was he free range? I would buy those eggs. <laughs> I don't so know funny. what you're talking about, but if I was at a restaurant and they were like, the eggs in your ramen are from a local, locally sourced farmer. Um, the chicken's name was SpongeBob. And <laughs> that's a terrible name for a chicken. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, I, had a, I had friends growing up that had chickens and everyone's favorite chicken was SpongeBob. Wow. Jacob, you need to name your chicken SpongeBob. Uh, Meg, my wife has this <laughs> idea that we are going to name all of our chickens after our aunts. Uh, oh, so man. we'll have like a Christine and a Kelly and a Sue Ann and all these like hens that are named after like women in our family. I, I bet your I aunts like, are flattered. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't, man, oh, that's, a, that's a path. You guys That's kind go of on. a fun thing. Like, Sue Ann. <laughs> Christine <laughs> and Becky are going at it again. Oh, gosh. <laughs> man. Okay. All right. Let's, let's keep this train moving. Okay. So <laughs> I feel like this next one is pretty obvious, but I feel like enough there's plenty of companies that are not doing this. Optimizing mobile functions. Oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. If your website is not mobile friendly, I don't know what you're doing. I'll just be really brutal here. <laughs> just All kinds of tricky right now. <laughs> it's just, I mean, this generation that is coming up, um, the survey by IBM found that 75% of Gen Z use a mobile device most often. And, and that's just, it's going to get even stronger with that. Um, yeah. You're missing your audience and they are literally choosing another company over you because you don't know how to do a website. Yeah. And if you think that we are not legitimately choosing another company over you because your website is not mobile optimized, which I put this in bold on the prep because <laughs> we are like, if I um, am looking for somewhere to eat or somewhere, somewhere mm. to get my nails done, oh. um, I will open the Google app and it gives me like the list of all of them. And I can click directly on your website from Google maps um, and if it opens it and it's like a different shape or I doesn't have a drop down menu and I can't click and see like mm. how much it's going to cost to get a manicure, I'm going to go, oh, well, I am going to find this information easier another place, switch back to Google Maps and click on the next one until I find the one that I want to go to. And it's probably going to take me like two minutes because that's how I operate now. <laughs> but um, I know like for my mom, that was a huge hang up for her where she would like, you know, be searching for somewhere to get her nails done and be like, well, I can't find their prices and spend like five or 10 minutes looking for it. And I was like, mom, if you can't find it, move on. Right. Mm, yeah. um, there's no point in spending your time trying to find it on somebody's website that is not set up to be looked at on your iPhone. Right. Yeah. This is huge for local businesses, restaurants, any kind of service, and even being able to book an appointment easily. Uh, oh, yeah. That's the biggest. Talking about that. I'm like, I don't want to have to call somebody. No. Even though it might be easier to call, Yeah. Um, I just, I would much rather be able to pull up your website, book an appointment, even pay. I will pay you mm -hmm. up front. Yeah. Like, make that easy. And so, shout out to Alum, yeah. barbershop down yeah. the street. They make it super easy. And I've stuck with them because their scheduling platform is really easy. I can see when my barber's available. I can even tip ahead of time on there too. pay for I walk in. It's done. They send a text on my phone. Like there's all kinds of ease of use. And then they send reminders as well. Mm -hmm. um, but dealing with other service providers, like I pull up your website, there's nothing on there. I, I'm like, man, I got to have a phone call to click and call. Like mm -hmm. it's just, we talk about this all the time, remove the barriers for yep. people to do business with you. People are trying to give you money, right? Make it easy for them to do that. So 
That's good, Ava. That's no, good. that's absolutely fantastic. Okay, so we have a list of how Gen Z differs in use of social platforms, which we've already discussed a little bit because uh, there's one on here that I'm just really interested in. Well, I also before you <laughs> say this, I copy and pasted this from the website. I think it says it on there, but I love how they phrased this. Oh, I think it is so nice. accurate for me and other Gen Zers. Okay. So nice. Let's hear it. it. Okay. So their, their list is they showcase their aspirational selves on Instagram, share real life moments on Snapchat, get the news on Twitter and glean information from Facebook. So elaborate with us, Ava. Okay. Start with Instagram. Okay. Aspirational. So as we talked about, um, I don't actually post to my personal grid on Instagram very often, truly like maybe once every three months. Um, I've had Instagram since maybe 2014 or 2015. And I think I have 38 posts on my feed. Like I do not post a lot. And it's not because I'm not engaged with the app. I know my screen time tells me every week that I need to spend less time on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's not because I don't have any photos to post. Um, I take pictures here and other places all the time. It's just, I'm only posting the true highlight reel of my life. Um, which I mean, it's fine. Um, I see that a lot with other people. I know specifically like certain friends that are like me and they don't post a lot when they do post. I'm so much more likely to go like and comment and interact with that. Um, but just because we're not posting all the time doesn't mean we're not constantly on Instagram or scrolling through the Explore feed or even just our own personal feed, watching stories, all of that. We spend a lot of time on Instagram. We just don't highlight our lives as much on Instagram, I think, as most people mm-hmm. expect us to. So let me ask you a question. So with this, a like a brand on Instagram, because you're obviously consuming yes. content mm-hmm. um, from a personal standpoint, I'm the same way. I have I don't post a ton into my feed. I post stories, but I am with a brand. I want to see them active. Yeah. Is that the case still, too? Towards like, yeah, you want to see consistent so. updates um, in the feed, reels, that type of stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely get annoyed um, if <laughs> like if there are certain brands are posting multiple times a day or multiple times, sometimes even multiple times a week. Um, like I only need so many reminders. Like I follow a mattress company because I bought their mattress and they did a giveaway and blah, blah, blah. But once they started posting more than three times a week, I unfollowed them. Because I was like, cool, now my feet are saturated in mattresses and I don't care. I lost the giveaway, so it doesn't matter anyway. Um, But I feel like there's a firm threshold of you can only post on your actual grid on the timeline so often before you're going to start to lose people. Mm -hmm. Um, But also making sure that those interactions are still happening I can't tell you how many times I've like scrolled through Instagram. I'll actually tell you what your least interacted feeds with mm-hmm. feeds are. And then you can unfollow people. I can't tell you how many brands I've unfollowed because I don't interact with them. And they only posted one time in the last month. I'm like, well, why am I following you? If right. I'm not going to learn about a sale or a new product or something cool that your company is doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I think if you're only ever posting feed content, you've lost them because they're spending the majority of time on stories. Because I think of companies that don't actually post that often on their grid, but they're 
crazy active on stories and I'm in, engaging with that. And a lot of them is because like Aldi, it's a great example. Yeah. They have like interactive polls. They're telling me what's coming up Um, they're doing a great job. And so it's, it's brands being smart about how you're engaging your audience. And you know, your audience may not be Gen Z yeah. at all. And so you may not care and that's fine. Um, but just knowing that the people coming up, this is something that they really care about. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Snapchat <laughs> yeah. comments. Yes. So this definitely, as we were discussing, I don't think applies as much to businesses unless you truly are targeted um, at a younger audience, um, maybe with like an actual retail product. But, Which ad spend on Snapchat is still pretty cheap. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a good place. If you do have that audience, go there and advertise because you yes. get a lot good bang for your buck, I guess. So um, think about like sharing our real lives or authentic selves or something on Snapchat. I think that's super accurate um, because I actually, we talked about this. I don't have Snapchat anymore, um, but instead I just deleted Snapchat because I was like, I have so many apps, I'm going to get rid of one. But I still essentially use the OG like Snapchat feature of private stories. Um, mm-hmm. And I do private stories on my Instagram and I post on there all the time and it's goofy stuff. Um, it's stuff that's like just, I don't know, my day-to-day life um, mm-hmm. that my close friends are on. Um, and that's, I think I have like 20 people on there and that's it. And those are the people that I want to know that I'm doing something dumb um, or I always post when I make bag salads. If you don't do this, you should do this. Just shaking your bag salad. It's now like a joke between a group of my friends. Um, and it started there where it really is like a more intimate setting. Like intimate was not the right word, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. But especially like if you're a brand that is selling a retail product, I would say Snapchat is a great place to be. Um, because ad, buying that ad space yeah, is awesome. Yeah. And as you're like clicking through people's stories, um, they have like a swipe up feature. Mm-hmm. And that is, I've used that swipe up feature many times. I'll admit um, to it. You got me with your advertisements. Yeah. Make it easy. Yeah. Make it easy. Yes. Um, so the last two is getting the news on Twitter and gleaning information from Facebook. Yeah, I think so. Twitter, I don't have to touch on as much. Um, Jacob and I talk about Twitter all the time. Um, Twitter's, proud of, I'm proud of Twitter. Yeah. It came back. Came Tw- back. <laughs> well, Twitter's kind of the place to be for that obscure humor and news. I remember like when the Capitol riots happened, I was scrolling through Twitter and that was how I found out. Um, I was like, man, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> well, seeing those live updates, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really good place to, to scam information. Um, it's a cool place. I love following like places that I really don't, I guess, buy their product or eat at the restaurant or anything, but like Netflix is hilarious. Moon pies is one of my favorite accounts on Twitter. (laughs) Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've been like, man, I should buy some moon pies just like for the nostalgia. Um, because I follow them on Twitter. Twitter is not the place to be posting photos and like links to your products. Nobody cares on Twitter. Um, but if you want to have like authentic interaction, Twitter is definitely a great place to be. Nice. Um, and then Facebook, I feel like this is a big one kind of for us. I actually, as I was writing this, I thought about the fact that I did not have Facebook on my phone until I started working here. Interesting. Um, and I do that so that I can help like manage clients. Um, but 
Facebook is really irrelevant, essentially, to my generation. It's fine. I'm not um, offended by that at all. Yeah, which I mean, I didn't run through my high like college room like, hey, we're on Facebook, yay! Yeah, you had to have that .dot edu. You don't even know what that's like, Ava. I don't. I we were so excited. Did not know that you had to have a .dot edu to have a Facebook. Need to know the original story. Oh, I, I wasn't either. Watch the Netflix. I didn't need documentary. A, Dang it! I'm Sorry, so old. you're old. I'm so old. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but I, I literally didn't even have the app on my phone until yeah, I started yeah. working mm-hmm. here. And I think that's pretty accurate for everyone. Um, I know like in college sororities use Facebook for the Facebook group feature, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's um, one of the reasons that I even have Facebook in the first place. Yeah. Um, but even then it's like you're on your laptop, you know, maybe once a day and you can check it then if you need to. But I would confidently say nobody in my generation is using Facebook to discover places or, you know, at the level that like my mom does. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, And Facebook's done a great job. I think they are shifting Mm -hmm. more to that group aspect. I mean, we talked about that on the podcast recently, like your business needs to have some type of Facebook group because people are looking for interaction there, right. When it comes to actual like information and stuff. Um, But even, even the, uh, the news updates, like, it's kind of interesting because I've gone there for, like, finding out news yeah. and what's breaking and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The feed content, though, yeah. I agree. I'm even kind of pulling back from that as well. Oh, yeah. Because about every fourth post is an ad, and Instagram does this as well. And yeah. so with with stories, it feels like you can get past those ads a little bit quicker. Yeah. But yeah. No, I, I agree. I think Facebook's about to have to make a huge shift, uh, especially I mean, losing the Gen Z generation. So Why do you think that they bought Instagram? Well, yeah, yeah. I just don't want them to acquire Clubhouse. Oh, hang we'll on, see what Clubhouse. happens. Hang on. Um, I think uh, I've heard for a couple of years they're like Facebook's dead, and I'm like maybe for your audience. And I think yeah. it's be careful when you hear this and everything. Yeah. Um, Facebook is going to have to change something, um, particularly in its like articles and the issues that it's running into with all of that mess. Um, but, <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's remembering your audience and taking this information, understanding that the generation coming up doesn't really care about Facebook. That's not what they use it for. Um, but your audience, I mean, if it's, you it know, there. yeah, if you're looking for like 60 year olds, you're go there. Yeah, right place. <laughs> if you're selling <laughs> some like AARP commercials, oh it's like you're in the, the right place. Facebook. You're in the right place. That's hilarious. Um, so yeah, just just take that with a grain of salt for sure. For the record, our parents ruined it. Okay. I love you, mom and dad. But they like no, they ruined did. Facebook they for did. us. Like that was have... a generational like imagine, just imagine. Okay. We haven't even talked about TikTok, but imagine TikTok and you're like, hey, this is where my friends hang out. And then your mom and dad start getting on there like they're doing dances and that's and then all of a sudden all you see are mom and dads dancing on TikTok. Yeah, that would be the worst. Um, like it, TikTok is borderline there. It's kind of my yeah. mom got TikTok and I was like, well, time to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, I think you're you're spot on. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the last one um, that we're going to talk about um, is, I think, more a battle between generations, to be very honest. Oh, wow, here we but, go. Uh, was that they found from the study that Gen Z oh doesn't gosh. have a short attention span. They just have a strong filter. A strong okay, filter. Warren, she said there was so much spite in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's also coming from the fact that millennials went through the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and is that oh, millennial, they don't they don't have any attention span. They're just lazy bums. Them with their stupid avocado toast. 
hipsters and your avocado <laughs> toast. Avocado <laughs> toast is delicious, by the way. It's one of my favorite things. That's hilarious. So Breaking news. <laughs> avocado <laughs> toast is good. You heard it here, folks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just 10 years ago. <laughs> Anyway, so tell us a little bit about what this research presented and how you feel about that. Yes. So this is, I mean, I'm not saying that we don't have a short attention span, but (laughs) I do think the way that this study framed it um, was very interesting. And I think it's super accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, I watch long form content all the time. I just, the other day, um, Con Quesos, another local restaurant came out with a video that another local production company made, which I thought was awesome. It was great, yeah. Um, super well made. It was like 14 minutes long and I watched the whole thing. Never in my life have I eaten at Con Quesos. And um, now you know, Omar. But now I know. And I yeah. think that I was like, oh man, I should take um, like the kid that I nanny there for dinner. I yeah. thought that was such a fun thing to hear more about his story. Um, but I think where the like eight second thing comes in is like, yes, it's, I think the eight second, everybody was like, you, they only have an attention span of eight seconds, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I really do like the way that they frame this as filtering. Mm-hmm. Um, I have experienced information and media overload my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so used to seeing a thousand ads pop up on my Instagram feed um, or TikTok feed or Facebook feed that now I don't really even think anything of it. Um, if it, if it's something I'm interested in, I'll stop. But if it's not, I don't care. And so you have about eight seconds to impress me. Eight mm-hmm. seconds to tell me why I should be watching your content. And then I'm done. Yeah. Um. <laughs> done with you. Yeah. You're out. I think that goes back to like even TikTok. Like you're scrolling consistently. Oh, yeah. But they will. They will. And I will. And I'm Alex, my wife, like she will stop and she'll watch the same TikTok over and over and over again because it's funny. And so the attention span, if you can grab that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And if and again, we you share TikToks all the time with me. It's like very educational. Oh, they're kind of jabs at me. Like, Brian, you should be doing this. (laughs) But it is one of those. I was like, oh, and I'll watch it over and over again. But it is stopping Mm -hmm. the scroll. We joke about that. But it it really is that um, because you're you are so used to that. And we all are kind of being conditioned to that. Mm -hmm. As a brand, make sure that you're aware that people are clicking past. You have to grab them in that that quick time. Eight seconds feel as weird as it is. That feels even longer than it should be. Right. 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 Vine was only six seconds. So. Oh, gosh. Oh, Vine. Oh, R.I.P. Vine. I think when you really look at it, um, it's it's understanding the cause um, because yeah. I think a lot of, and I think that's what's a great point that you bring up of just, it's not necessarily like these generations, they just don't know how to pay attention. It's that they're being... I'm more selective with what I'm paying attention to. Right. Because there's so much out there. Like every day, how many apps are being introduced to the market? How many new social channels are you having supposedly have to pay attention to? Um, You're being hit with ads from every space imaginable. I mean, can you imagine if we took the time to watch every ad that was presented to us? I would. That would be Especially when it's every fourth post. Yeah. Right. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's a, it's a great way to look at that. Um, you know, for me, I, I think there's those spaces where you can see the, the selectiveness. I think, um, I'm a former high school teacher. And so you can also see the effects of what social media is also doing inside like, um, like educational environment. And sometimes that's where you might hear my spite is where it gets, I've taught high school English before and just those moments of sheer frustration. And I taught eight years ago. So it's one of those things. It's like, <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> um, 
Um, and so, but it just shifts also using those tools and everything for those generations to capture their intention. Just gotta yeah. be more creative. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, this was so good. Thanks, Ava, for hey. putting this together. Yeah. We've been talking about having you on the podcast for a while now. I know. Maybe so. I should write more show prep and then invite myself more often. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. So this is great. Make sure. Uh, yeah. So everything that we talked about will be on our blog. And Ava will make sure it's there. So this was great it. resources. I need to give a shout out to uh, Omar and Conquesos yeah. uh, because it's a phenomenal video. When, Find out who the production company was, too, because we want to highlight them. That was a great video. They did mm-hmm. a great job with it, um, as well as the storytelling aspect of that. And so we'll make sure to link that. Um, but a great example of an authentic yeah. history of a business and showing why you should care about that business. And so uh, great job there. But, yeah, everything will be available for you guys over on our website. So make sure to go check that out. And uh, thanks again, Ava. Hey. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. All it's right. really it's really a lot to be on this end of the mic. <laughs> well, we'll have you back. One day. I mean, you'll have yourself back at some point. Yeah, essentially. So, all right. right. Good, good. All right. Thank you, guys. Ava, are you ready for rapid fire? I'm Jacob. ready. I didn't even write these rapid fire, so I don't know what's coming. Oh. You have to ask Jacob now if he's ready for no. rapid fire. Jacob, are you ready for rapid fire? Yeah. Since, you, uh, since you're since you on the show today, I did all the prep for this. So, Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Big day for big Jacob. <laughs> big day for big Jacob. They're going to make a movie about it one day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the day Jacob wrote the rapid fire yeah, questions. Man. Exactly. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. If you could be on a reality TV show, which one would it be? Oh, oh I totally have this. Do it. Let, do it. Survivor. Yes. 100%. Yes. Jacob and I have talked about Survivor. Absolutely. I When I, like, literally, I'm not kidding. I was doing a fire pit at our new house, and I was like, I actually know how to set this fire up a little bit because of Survivor. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> that, that, you guys see the article that came out like maybe a year or two ago there's some kid who ended up getting stranded in the forest and he was like well I watch like naked and afraid a lot and so that was why he lived (laughs) that is crazy he was like eight oh my goodness anyway yeah no I totally all survivor all the way yeah Brian what about you (laughs) (laughs) you are no longer the host she's taking over that's fine I'll go sit out there and make mean faces through the glass um uh Can I say it? I want to just give a shout out to our Fixer of Fabulous. Fixer to Fabulous fan friends. That's what you would be on? That's a reality show. I'm an old man now. I'm like, dude, I would love to have my house remodeled. Yeah. Like Dave and Jenny are awesome. So is that allowed? Can I say that one? Can I I say like real world or something? I guess. Is real world still on? I don't know what that is. Oh Oh my gosh. gosh. discover something new that I don't know what it is. That just makes me kind of wow. sad. Anyway. Kind of sad. Ava, what would be your reality show? <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's keep over Brian. The Bachelor. But specifically. Oh okay. Okay. No. 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 <laughs> so I would go on The Bachelor. I would. I would also be The Bachelorette. I <laughs> Oh my gosh. But listen, I want to get to the specific point in The Bachelor where I've become a fan favorite and they want to have me on Bachelor in Paradise. And then <laughs> I want to be on Bachelor in Paradise. I want to spend 16 weeks in Mexico 
and then also getting I an influencer. Flying there and dragging your butt off the beach. <laughs> no, 16 weeks in Mexico, and then you come back, and all of a sudden you're an Instagram influencer. Here's the deal. That's the life I'm trying to live. I've, oh my I've gosh. spent some time in Mexico. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> 16 <laughs> weeks is a guacamole. long time. Help us, Jacob. Help we're us. We're moving to question two. <laughs> all right. Question two. What was the last movie that you saw that you were disappointed by? movie. I don't watch a ton of movies anymore. I'm, uh, this one's hard for me. I'm going to say Tenet. I wasn't disappointed. Oh. It's, I'm disappointed in, in other ways. It was a phenomenal movie. But I think I was I I was trying my best not to build up the expectation. Mm-hmm. I love Christopher Nolan. It's a phenomenal movie, but there was I was I just wanted like that that little bit and it wasn't there, so it wasn't that massive disappointment, but I was just like, ah, okay. That's all right. It's very meaningful response right there. There you go. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Um, I knew I'd be disappointed, but I was even more disappointed was Wonder Woman. The newest Wonder oh, Woman. the 84? It was bad. It was... Um, yeah. The cheetah at the end, really. It was the nail in the spoiler. coffin. Spoiler. I haven't seen it yet. What's that? That... If you, you don't know what that means, so it's know. definitely not a spoiler. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was... It was super bad. Well, Justice League is about to come out, so which will be super bad. Yeah, I, I can guarantee it, it. I'm excited to watch it and see how terrible it is. Yes. Well, what about you, Ava? Um, I'm with Lauren. I don't watch a ton of movies, and usually when I do, it has to be like recommended to me or something, and then usually I enjoy it. But I'd have to say I love. Uh, I have anxiety for those of you that <laughs> don't know. Um, but one of my like coping mechanisms for that is rewatching like old shows like Gilmore Girls or watching dumb rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Netflix is the place to be for dumb rom-coms. Yes. I know, that's um, true. But a lot of people had hyped up the movie after and I guess there's like a sequel and then like a third one coming out. Um, and they were like, it's just so romantic. And I watched it and I was like, A, this is trash. <laughs> B, like the <laughs> acting is terrible. Yeah. Um, even for a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this, is a, this isn't cute. This is emotional manipulation. Oh, dang. I was like, yeah, this I isn't... Just... It was like when you came out and everybody was like, I'm kind of rooting for him, but I also know that he's going to stalk and murder her. Yeah, oh, don't ruin her. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. It was you, like some direction at me when you came out and you like looked at me and I was like, what are we talking about right now? Well... Is that, isn't that what it's called? I think so. You? Yeah, it's where he's like okay. the serial yeah. killer. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually kind of yeah. wanted to watch that. But I felt, it was, I felt it was like the same thing. Uh, where yeah. you're, so I'm like, you why are you making me kinda, feel yeah. like mm. I should be rooting for you? Yeah, that one's tough. It's like yeah. making me endure Ava. Stupid kissing booth movie. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were, were just going to say making me endure Ava. Like, oh, <laughs> no. That was the worst. <laughs> All right, Jacob, you do these rapid fire. Are you? Do you want a movie made about this? A movie made about this? No way. We're barely making a podcast about this. I know, exactly. Hey, thank you guys so much. We're out. Listen, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.